Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio. LeBron, guys, he's not going to go gently into that good night. Rage, rage against the dying of the light. <laughs> Dylan Thomas, that's right. You like that? Man, leave LeBron alone, man. We all right? 56 against the Warriors and the Lakers win. Look, AD changes the defense and the offense. LeBron is doing his best to keep them afloat. Jay is worried, and I agree with him, about LeBron's long-term health. If there's, you know, if he's at risk for injury, just getting worn down. Key, I also agree with him. Keep hope alive, man. You can't totally count alive. them out. <laughs> Here's LeBron Key after his team's after his performance. <laughs> Uh, on what he claims was his team's reaction to his 56-point performance in a win. Our guys were following me off the floor tonight. I'm going into the locker room. I asked me, how does it feel to score 56? I said, uh, right now, I don't give a damn about the 56. I'm just happy we got a win. I, that's just literally the first thing that came to my mind. Um, you know, and we needed you know, pretty much all of them. <laughs> I love that. I like it. My guys, Jay and Max, you know, they talked to me and, Said, hey man, we just gonna keep working hard. We just so glad that you could join us, my guys. What is LeBron talking about? You don't believe someone came up to him and said, "Gee, gee, Mister LeBron, not a chance." How did you do it? They, they, they probably did run up on him and, and like, you know, what I'm saying, Jay, you know how you get hyped. You're like, yo, you dropped fifty six on their head. Whoa, you the man? I, I, you the goat? I doubt that they walked up to him like, man, what it feel like to drop 56? Like, they probably didn't even know that the dude, they, they probably think LeBron scored 100 points before in the game. They probably don't even know. I know that, Key, that the way Bron has been, even when he has triple doubles and losses, people will use that against him to a degree because his team isn't winning at a high clip. And I get that, you know, regardless of individual success, team success is what matters to us in team sports, right? And we, we – value your individual success based upon your team success. It's the same way we hype Jokic. Hey, he has the Nuggets in sixth seed in the Western Conference without Jamal Murray, without Michael Porter Jr. But I do want to put it into perspective that at the age 37 years old, what LeBron James is doing is unprecedented. It, it's mind-boggling, Max. Dropped 56 points at 37 years old, playing 39 minutes to most of anybody on the team. And I mean, he had three assists, which goes to show you that it wasn't a pass-first type of LeBron. It had to be more the score-first LeBron. And like this, if you guys talk about it being a turning point, which I, I don't know if it is, but like LeBron needs to go into that gear, where it's like, hey, I'm a playmaker. I have to be a score first on this team. But he's been playing these like we're in uncharted waters with LeBron guys because, much like Tom Brady, who dispelled all the things yes. I thought all of history really. But still, there's no guarantee it turns out one way or another. LeBron has been playing NBA minutes, full-season NBA minutes, since he was fresh out of high school. Kareem was the former standard-bearer for, oh, my God, he's so great at this age. But even Kareem, by LeBron's age, and particularly by the number of minutes logged, was no longer an MVP-caliber player. 
LeBron has maintained a higher level of play. Like, if you want to argue LeBron goat, you say, I don't want to get into a whole sidetrack argument. Even if his peak no, isn't quite yeah, make MJ, <laughs> the point is, if you have a peak that's almost as good as anyone's ever, and you maintain it much, much, much longer than anyone ever did, then the whole value of the body of your work is highest. Like, that's where But LeBron everybody, is. though, but, but every, not everybody, but a lot of players – in today's society, today's world, in professional sports, play longer because things tra- you train differently. No Your doubt. body is different no now. No, no doubt. It, you know, you think about Kobe Bryant. You think about you think about hell, Vince Carter. I mean, yeah, like but his Vince role can, changed a lot. Yeah, but doesn't, but he was still able to play. But as key, my what I'm boy. saying is, you're right. But LeBron and Kobe. Their roles never changed, right? I understand that, but but Vince Carter was never considered one of the greatest, uh, one of the greatest players in the history of the game. Yeah, that's true. So but it's it's, it's it, still it, he, but he. But the point is, when you talk about longevity, his career morphed. What I'm saying is this: to Jay's point, Key, we were both there in L.A. when Kobe played himself 40 minutes a game yeah. at, at the age of 36 or whatever it was. And he willed the Lakers into a playoffs, a super team, supposedly, that was going to miss the playoffs. He willed, no playing back then, willed them into the playoffs. But he ruptured his Achilles. And Key, except for his last game where he dropped 60, he was never really Kobe again. That's the fear here, right? The fear is we we don't know what's going to happen to LeBron. No one's ever been at this point in his career. And he's still playing not only a lot of minutes, but high-intensity minutes. Yeah, but look, what, what year is this for LeBron? 18. So in his 18th year, though, Max and Jay, he's still playing like he's in his 14th year, his 13th year, his 12th year. He's still doing some of the same things and even sometimes better. He's not going to all of a sudden just fall off a cliff. It just doesn't – his body won't allow him to. He takes care of himself tremendously. I I, I hear all that. I'm just – you know, I, I understand the caution. Yeah, I get yeah. it. Thirty nine minutes is. Uh, I I much rather at this part of the season be thinking about how do I limit LeBron and AD's minutes. I mean, granted, their situation doesn't call for that because you need them to make a push, not to be in a playing tournament. I, I I just think it's 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 a precarious situation for the Lakers. So so if they don't make the playing tournament and they just get into the playoffs, do you feel different? No, no. I'm saying I know LeBron is going to fight for it. That's why I'm concerned. This is why Vogel <laughs> needs to be empowered to tell LeBron no concerned. at times. You know, um, you got to be empowered to tell the guy no. And, and, and Key, here's why I think even when AD comes back, it doesn't feel different for me. Legs brought up a point that I've been harping on all year. You know, when LeBron James the other day, they they had a I think they had a bad loss to the Clippers, and LeBron came out pretty much like, yeah, the Clip. Like, first off, I can't remember the last time a Lakers player has ever said that the Clippers are a better team in the history of the Lakers organization. That's number one. Number two. I think also at that moment, LeBron was like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to play each and every day. I'm coming back. And I was like, yeah, that is the attitude of LeBron James. I'm not sure that's the attitude of this team. And let's well, make the point that when you come back to a huddle for most points of the season with this team, they don't talk to each other. Like, there's no camaraderie. There's no, like, we got it. Now, maybe this is the turning point. You la- la- maybe you're telling me this is the turning you point. last night? I meant Saturday. Saturday night, yeah. Saturday – from the outset of the game, even though they were down at significant points at one point in time in the game, you could feel it was a little bit different. They was out there diving for balls, hustling, running the floor, saving inbound balls, letting uh, uh, Monk knock down threes. I mean, it was a 
It just it was a different. I felt like it was going to be different. Now whether or not AD comes back, Max, and if he comes back, well, how long he stays is all a well, question. Well, Key, it should be different when Reggie Jackson was kicking y'all ass. Right, like Reggie Jackson was calling for ISOs on Russ. Was calling for ISOs on players. Reggie Jackson felt like he was the best player on the court. I want to get back to something you said earlier, yeah, route. Jay, because this is interesting to me. Even Kobe, like MJ, his game evolved at a certain point of his career to where Kobe's offense almost looked more Carmelo-ish than it was early in his career when he was high-flying Kobe. I remember he used to talk on the radio about this, like, people, do you realize how far past his prime he is? Just because he's still one of the players, best players in basketball, he ain't really above the rim Kobe anymore. But it evolved. So even though he was a high-usage, high-intensity player... Triple it, pump fake. Kobe. Yeah, yeah, man. It was more old man YMCA <laughs> game like Jordan had later on. LeBron, though he has evolved as a player is still basically the same player. I mean, he not like young, young LeBron, but once he got to that high Jedi level understanding, every, he's still the same. He's altered it less than. It's not like you could say two distinct LeBrons like MJ and Kobe, first half, second half LeBron of his career. He's still LeBron James doing all this. It really is uncharted territory. We don't know how it's going to end. I just, I'm, Key, I'm trying to tell you, never seen anything like this before. 37 years old, still trying to come down the lane and piping on you. I mean, Kobe trying, was. Trying, he is. He is. He ain't trying nothing. He's doing it. 56. He's doing it. And that's all guts to me. That's all I'm better than you. I'm just going to show you right now. I'm going to stop being nice, and I'm just about to just will my team to victory. Oh, Key, you're going to so, like uh, this. So can I, can I ask you guys, and I get it, because an athlete, I'm, I'm playing every game too. Key, what's a realistic expectation for you knowing where this team is right now? Like, if, if they were to end – how would the Lakers need to end the season for you as a Laker fan and be like, okay, all right. Fin- like, fin- I'm not fin- mad fin- at it, but fin- like, okay. Strong. What's finish, finish strong, strong mean? What's that mean? Get into the playoffs. Just get into the playoffs. Well, because you, you're so far cool. out of it right now and your team is so um, disjointed that if you just got into the playoffs and you lost in the playoffs, it would be like – well, what did you expect? Now we are setting ourselves up for a different bar, Jay. I mentioned Kareem earlier, guys. Kareem had, this is game two of the 85 finals. He's 38 years old. Everyone in the press told him after game one he was washed up. You know what Kareem went for? What? 30, 17, and 8. <laughs> Kareem! Lakers went on to win the series. Yeah. In Boston Garden in six games, and Kareem won finals MVP. 30, 17, and 8. The greatest high school and college player ever, and for a lot of NBA history, probably the greatest NBA player ever. Overall basketball career, man, leave Kareem alone. Tune in to the ESPN Daily Podcast, bringing you a deep dive into a single story from one of ESPN's Hundreds of reporters presented by Supercuts. Download, subscribe, and review ESPN Daily. Available wherever you enjoy your podcasts. Let's get back to another shocking performance from the weekend. This is not a normal game. All right, the atmosphere that we're out here is even different for Cameron. The people that are coming to this game aren't coming to just a normal game. This is a historic event. To the right, Griffin. History! Davis with six seconds comes front side on the left. Stops on the left wing. He'll try the long triple. Got it! Got it! Right before the horn. As North Carolina's going to win it. 94 to 81. Certainly not the goodbye we had hoped for. 
as Mike Krzyzewski plays his final game at Cameron Indoor Stadium. He'll always be a champion in our eyes. I love you guys. I love what we're going to do for morning what happened today as we move forward. But for my entire family, all these munchkins here, thank you. Like, this has been so darn good. I appreciate it. Goodbye. <laughs> Keyshawn, Jay, Will, and Max, we welcome in now Steve Wojciechowski, former Duke player and coach. Morning, coach. Hey, guys. How you doing? Thanks for having me on. Woj, I bet you you've never been introduced over boys to men, have you? Not in a while, man. Not, <laughs> not since the 90s. So it's, it's, it was it's a good walk down memory lane. Uh, so we heard Jay's experience earlier. What was yours this weekend at Coach K's final game at Cameron? Well, the the game um, obviously did not go as any of us hoped. Uh, but the weekend was an, an incredible experience to have all those former guys back celebrating Coach. And, you know, I speak for myself, but I would imagine uh, a number of former players had a the same experience when you got back there to Durham, whenever you got back, it was like a, a highlight reel of your time at Duke with coach K was constantly playing in your head, you know, the highs and lows and everything you went through and to be able to be there and, and celebrate coach on his senior night. Cause senior night's such a big deal uh, at Duke uh, when I played and, and, and then after when I played, um, it was an incredible experience. You know, the game, on the other hand, was not what uh, anyone, especially Coach K, imagined. I was telling my family, I felt like I was watching this great movie, and we got to the most important scene of the movie, and everybody forgot their lines. Um, and so it, it left a little bit to be desired. Well, as you know, you bring up the, the great – comment Wojo of senior night for coach K and typically you know both you and I have been through senior nights at Cameron Indoor Stadium is you know you're saying something thankful and obviously you got a chance to, to do that after all the ceremony but I, I want to play the sound of what he said as soon as he came out of the locker room after the loss in North Carolina this isn't part of the program this is impromptu by me I'm sorry about this afternoon that no please no Please, everyone be quiet. Let me just say, it's unacceptable. Today was unacceptable, but the season has been very acceptable. And, uh, and I'll tell you, the season isn't over, all right? Well, Joe, you've been in that locker room for a long time. Um, you carry a lot of the same principles. and You coach your teams the way a coach has with your own twist. Do you think an apology was needed there? I mean, how, how would you interpret those words from Coach? Well, I, I think they were – Coach is a guy that's always spoken from the heart. And so I think that's what was on his heart. You know, I mean, imagine the emotional roller coaster, not only that day, but all the lead-up to the game that Coach was on. And, you know, he's, he's still – uh, as we were all there to celebrate him and, and, and everything he meant in our lives and everything he's done for Duke basketball and the game of basketball, he, he was there to win a game. And so he was still in the moment of, of, of being in battle mode 
as is, has been talked about a lot recently. And I think, I think he needed to say that to allow himself to put him in the moment of, okay, I said it. This is how I feel at the moment. And now I can, I can step back and let's do, let's do the celebration and, and honoring. So, um, you know, like, was it needed for me? No, he 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 doesn't need he didn't need to apologize like he, he at all. But for him, I think that's he needed to speak from the heart, and I think that's what that reflected. Steve Wojcicki, former Duke player and coach, joining us here on Keyshawn J. Will and Max. Well, Joe, one of my favorite coaching moments with you was after <laughs> freshman year after I. Uh, Ate a little bit too much from the training table. Some of the bike sessions we would, we would have after practice, watching tape when you would force me to talk, um, can easily recall those days. But I'm curious, what was your favorite moment with Coach K, either as a player or as an assistant coach? You know, Jay, it wasn't the fact you ate too much at training table. It was the 10 turnovers <laughs> that we had to talk about. Yes, like, that is accurate. You know, no, <laughs> no my, you know, my favorite moment with Coach was my senior night. You know, we, we played North Carolina. They were loaded. We were both top, you know, two or three teams in the country. Um, and we, you know, our game didn't start off the script either. I mean, we were down 18 early in the second half. Uh, and this was before Cameron was air-conditioned. So it was an early March game, and it was one of those, like, 75, 80-degree days in Durham that you can get. So inside Cameron at the time, it was about 110 degrees. And fortunately, we were able to make a huge rally in the second half. My teammates played incredible. And we were able to come back and win in regulation. And um, Brendan Hayward missed two free throws at the end that would have given them a chance to win. Uh, and we actually didn't get the rebound off the missed free throw, and they, they, they missed the layup at the buzzer. And I remember running to coach and, and hugging him because it was such a huge moment. And my time was a little bit different. Like um, my freshman year is when coach was sick. So we, you know, we got thumped. We got knocked to the canvas. And over my four years, fortunately, we were able to bring it back. And that moment was kind of uh, being able to come full circle with him and and the program. So that that was my greatest memory as a player. Coach, despite the the loss last night or Saturday night, do you think uh, Duke can make a serious run in the tournament? I do. You know, I, I definitely do. You know, a lot of times the Carolina game, regardless of the record or the situation, and Saturday night was another indication of that. Like, you know, the old saying, you can throw out the records when these teams play. That that That's certainly true. So, and – in some respects, that that young group just played in the most pressure-packed regular season game that you can play, which simulates the NCAA tournament play because it's one and done. Uh, I love their talent. You know, to me, Keyshawn, uh, they got to hang their hat on defense. They're at their best when they're able to turn their defense into offense, and that's how they, they go on, like, the traditional Duke runs. They were not able to do that Saturday. One of the best things Carolina did was take care of the ball. I, I think they had only five turnovers. So they, they, they're going to have to play better defense. I think that's where their bread is, is going to be buttered so they can get out and transition and get some easy baskets 
and don't have to rely on their half-court offense to generate uh, so much offense. But um, I think the NCAA tournament's up in the air. I think there's a lot of teams that legitimately can win it going into the NCAA tournament, and Duke is one of those teams. That's Steve Wojciechowski, ladies and gentlemen, brought to you by Wendy's Breakfast, the official breakfast of March Madness. Thanks, Steve. Appreciate it. All right, Wojo. All right. Thanks, guys. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Well, he made shots. He's a shot maker. He got some free throws there in the fourth, and then he made some tough shots, three-point shots over top. You know, he's a you know elite shot maker. Tatum's got it. Seth Curry on him. Now the ball comes to Tatum. Tatum pulls up at 14 feet. Jumper. Got it. 51 for Jason Tatum. You know, it wasn't always pretty today, but you know, everybody contributed, and we just figured it out. Those are the best wins, but you just figure it out. Find a way to win, however, you know, whatever it takes. Oh, a lot of talk about the under-25s in the NBA and who's going to be the face of the league and Ja and, and Luca and Jason Tatum. JT. Only 24 years old, already tied with Larry Bird for most 50-point games in Celtics history as a Celtic. Jason Welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us. Congratulations on the tremendous performance. What's it mean to be mentioned in the same sentence as Larry Bird? Appreciate y'all for having me. Um, you know, it doesn't really seem, you know, real. I think, you know, growing up and this has always been a dream of mine, um, but actually being being in it and it being a reality and hearing your name in any sentence, you know, with somebody like Larry Bird, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's only a dream come true. Um, and, you know, it's an honor. But, you know, still realizing that, you know, light years away and a whole lot of things in between to do to, you know, ever be compared to guys like that. What up, Assassin? What's up, my guy? How you doing? I'm doing good. How's my little guy doing? I, he, I see you got the rock in his hands every time I see him on the court. Yeah, you know, we're trying to groom the next, you know, the next, <laughs> next, the next one. All day, man. Hey, I, I want to ask you, so much has changed on your squad since you got drafted. I mean, from having Kyrie there to having Kimba Walker there and now where you are. Do you finally feel like this is, with where you are, Jay, maturation-wise, is this your team? Do you feel like this is your squad? Uh, I mean, I guess you could say that. Um, you know, as laid back and as quiet as I am, you know, I've never been the type to, you know, outright verbally say this is my team, my guys. But, you know, I think just the, the way that I prepare myself, the way I go about um, um, each day, each game, you know, just trying to set the example. 
I think you could look at it that way as one of the, the, the key points, one of the leaders. Um, and I think, you know, I've earned the respect of all the guys on my team and, and, the, and the coaches and things like that by, you know, the work that I put in. So um, to answer the question, I, yeah, you could say that. But, you know, I, I've also never been the one to walk around and say, you know, this is my team and things like that because, you know, it's a group and, and everybody plays a part. But I think everyone – uh, you know, understands their role in our team and, you know, what we all need to do in order to be successful. How do you feel right now about where the team is at overall? Um, obviously, last year the changes coming into this this season, new coaching changes, a lot of players coming and going. But you seem to be rolling right now. Y'all won eight out of your last ten. Yeah. Uh, you know, last year was tough. Last year was probably – you know, from every angle that you could look at it, you know, just how the world was and everything we was dealing with. Last year was probably like the weirdest season in NBA history. Um, so, you know, coming back this year with, you know, things being a little bit more normal, um, you know, it was a rocky start. We had, you know, a new group, a new staff, and everybody just trying to uh, figure each other out. And obviously, you know, us included, wish we would have jailed a lot quicker, but you know, in sports, things take time. Um, we still dealing with COVID and injuries, um, but as of recently, everybody being healthy and just having our our full group um, and seeing what we could do and building the chemistry together, um, and you know, we've been playing at a high level recently. Jason, you don't get to be Jason Tatum level excellent without having next level kind of competitive instincts, right? Because the amount of work that you have to put in. And to, to come on top, you know, in the most athletic league on earth, it takes a different kind of mentality. When you hear people talk about of all the under 25 players, who's going to be next and everything. And people talk about Luca, and people talk about Ja after the show that he's been putting on. I, 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 I don't want to put words in your mouth, so I'm asking, how do you feel about your place in that kind of constellation of young stars? Uh, I mean, yeah, I, with the, the world we live in and social media, um, you, you people would be lying if they say they didn't hear or see all the things that, you know, people say on TV and or, or the radio and things like that. Uh, so I'm aware. I see it. Uh, but at the same time, I think how I prepare or look at things is, uh, Saturday night, I watched the Lakers play, and I seen LeBron score 56. And uh, obviously, he is the highest standard, right? You know him and him and MJ. Uh, but you know, I, I watched that game, and you know, I think the best players we watch each other play. Um, we see what guys are doing in the league, and you know, to be one of the best, you know, you 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 notice things like that, and you almost try to outdo him, right? Uh, and I think that's the approach I take. Um, and, you know, Ja and Luca obviously have been playing, you know, um, you know, out uh, incredible this season yeah. and uh, along with a lot of other guys. But uh, I just, you know, and that mentality I took in the yesterday's game is, you know, I just remember I watched LeBron play the night before. Um, and, you know, you could do that with a number of other guys in the league. Uh, that are, you know, in that top tier. And I think that's the competitiveness uh, part that you're talking about is um, seeing what other guys are doing and trying to match that. 
you know, level of play. Mm. Celtics forward Jason Tatum joining us here on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. JT, I got to ask you about, you know, I've seen your game transition so much, and I know that the time you spent with Kobe and working on the isolation part of your game, and, you know, it just seems like your size, your weight, your frame, and seeing you the other night against KD, where do you you feel like your game has came to right now as opposed to where it was last year? Uh, I think I'm – I think I'm really seeing the game uh, a lot better. I think it slowed down. And, I mean, it slowed down every year. Uh, and I think that's how it should be. I know everybody, you know, wants you to have it figured out as soon as you walk through the door. But um, the reality is that you have to go through um, growing pains and things like that. And you have to take your, your lumps, so to say. But as long as you're learning from it, as long as that you're getting better year after year, uh, you know, that's all that matters. So, you know, as I'm getting older, uh, I'm getting stronger, uh, my body's filling out more, and I'm just reading the game um, at a different level, I think, than, you know, in previous years. Mm. Well, I want to tell you, thank you for giving me a bright spot yesterday because uh, Saturday was tough, man. Uh, I'm not sure if you were watching Coach's final home game against our rival, UNC, but uh, what, what, what did Coach K mean to you? overall JT yeah man it honestly it killed me that I couldn't be there um it just we you know, with you, us man. playing at one o'clock yesterday uh you know I kind of felt like it might have been tough to try to to try to go out there and uh get back in time but man uh you know everyone knows at that time of your life when you're 17 18 years old um you know every that's kind of like the biggest decision um choosing you know, where you're going to go to college. And, uh, you know, for myself, it was the best decision I could have made, you know, being able to learn and and, and play and grow under, uh, you know, arguably one of the best coaches of all time. And I think the underrated part about going to Duke is, uh, like you said, like as you could have seen at the game, we had a hundred, you know, some of our former players, you know, come to the game and, I think that's just rare. All of all of us have been able, been fortunate enough to play for the same guy, and the relationships that I've built um, by going to Duke. And you know, I know it was only a year, but um, you know, getting to know guys like you, um, Grant Hill, Shane Battier, you know, all those guys that you know came through that door, and I got a chance to talk down, talk with, and sit down with. Um, and even to this day, I talk to Coach K frequently um and i think that's something that's very underrated and you know how much i appreciate him um even to this day you know still calling me um he watches the games and giving his encouragement and and wisdom and things like that so uh you know 42 years uh regardless if they won the game or not the other night um you know shouldn't go unnoticed and you know as you probably understand how much we all appreciate you know him and what he's done for us, uh, you know. So I wish I really could have been there, but, uh, you know, Coach K means the world to me. Mm. All that Duke stuff is fine and well. This is the point where I get you in trouble, man. You want to be a Celtic <laughs> for life? Because if you don't want to be a Celtic for life, I got somewhere that would love to have Stop him. trying to recruit him to L.A., man. <laughs> I'm, I'm not, I'm not rec- I don't work for the Lakers. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I, ain't, I don't work for him. I'm just saying. You know, we, we got a spot for him. You know, 
Yeah, well, who doesn't have a spot for Jason Tatum? Exactly. He'll fit real good out here getting the tan and all that sun. He ain't getting no tan in Boston. JT, do not answer that. All I would say is I, I appreciate you, man. <laughs> I, I will say out of all the players, because I've had a couple that have asked to wear number 22, and I know that I did not. That is the one regret I have. You should have you should have rocked 22, <laughs> man. And I, I will make that known publicly. You know, um, I just appreciate the way you approach the game, and I appreciate – the respect level you have for the game, man. And um, you always have my admiration, man. Uh, respect and love for everything you continue to accomplish, brother. Oh, man, appreciate you. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. The Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max Podcast. Jordan Davis was all the buzz at the Combine on Saturday. 47840 time. Mm. 47840, so what? So what? The man's 6'6", 341. Also had a 10-3 broad jump and a 32-inch vert. Out of this man's way, man. And I'll tell you what. According to ESPN, it's the fastest time for any player over 300 pounds at the Combine since 2006, and it's believed to be one of the fastest ever for a player of that size. It's faster than, for example, Patrick Mahomes, who can run. Ran a 4.8 in 2017. Jordan Davis's fellow defensive tackle, Devontae Wyatt, clocked a 4.77 and measures 6'3", 304 pounds. What is going on? This combine, Keyshawn Johnson. I mean, I don't know. The, 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 the track, it seemed like they, to me, somebody altered the track. Right. Because it was record-breaking times everywhere. At all the skill positions, the linemen. It was just like pretty wild to me to see these dudes running as fast. And I know training is different now. I get all of that. But some of them times out there, you know, I got to take a second and third. Look, are they sure it was measured off at 40 and not 38 yards? Uh, this is why I just got what it was reported, Key. I mean, no, no, of course. I'm just, I, but, I'm but just like, saying. Key, but to your point, it does feel like the footing is better or something because we see multiple four twos and stuff. I'm telling you guys right now. I know I heard Lewis Reddick talk about it over the weekend, Key, but that this is the draft for wideouts, right? And you look at my boys from Ohio State. I mean, Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson, what they ran. I mean, it's just. Uh, the depth in this draft from that position in particular is pretty special. Is there anybody key that 
from the from the wide opposition that really jumps out to you as the, like the next? I, I I don't really see it. It, it it there's value that's there. Chris Olave reminds me a lot of Will Fuller. He could he could lift the top off of it, but I need to see a little bit more of him. If I can get a little bit more of him, then I think you know he's a guy that you, if you're looking for a speed burner, obviously. Um, who else is there? Now, obviously, Drake London from USC is my top dude off the board, so that's pretty easy. Of course, he'd be your top dude off the board. Of course, <laughs> why wouldn't he? Big wide out from SC, huh? So, Jason Tatum. He's dropped some bombs on us, huh? Yeah, he said a lot, man. Yeah, nice uniform in that purple and gold. I especially like how, you know how we notice all of a sudden everyone, Jokic went off and LeBron went off and Tatum went off. and We're going to be back in 10 seconds on how Jason Tatum was, in fact, motivated by LeBron's 56. He just told us, coming right up. Well, he made shots. He's a shot maker. He got some free throws there in the fourth, and then he made some tough shots, three-point shots over top. You know, he's a you know elite shot maker. Tatum's got Septori on him. Now the ball comes to Tatum. Tatum pulls up at 14 feet. Jumper. Got it. 51 for Jason Tatum. You know, it wasn't always pretty today, but you know, everybody contributed, and we just figured it out. Those are the best wins, but you just figure it out. Find a way to win, however, you know, whatever it takes. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, presented by Progressive Insurance. So Jason Tatum tied Larry Bird for most 50-point games in Celtics history. It's his fourth one. Tatum's 24 years old. Larry Bird recorded his fourth 50-point game in his 722nd career game. It took Tatum less than half that, as Sunday was his 351st career game. Stats Incredible is brought to you by My Computer Career, training for a better life. Jay, what, what I really liked, I posed... Uh, Tatum the question, you know, Luca and Ja, the under 25 next, next, you know, faces of the NBA, but he didn't take it there. He took it all the way to the top in terms of how he compares himself and what he's trying to emulate. Listen. Saturday night, I watched the Lakers play and I seen LeBron score 56. And obviously he is the highest standard, right? You know, him and him and MJ, but you know, I, I watch that game, and I think the best players, we watch each other play. We see what guys are doing in the league. And to be one of the best, you notice things like that, and you almost try to outdo them. And I think that's the approach I take. I just, you know, and that mentality I took in the yesterday's game is, you know, I just remember I watched LeBron play the night before. See, let me tell you all something, man. You know what's really funny? And I, I hear casual fans do this all day long, and I, I respect everybody's opinion. But – you know, when we got into this conversation, even the other day, Max, about me saying I thought Kobe Bryant was more skilled mm-hmm. than MJ, it's because I've watched hundreds of hours of film on Michael Jordan. I've worked on the footwork. I've seen it, same with Kobe Bryant, because I study that damn stuff all day long, right? So that's what the best players in the game do. That's what KD would do. That's what Bron does. They build on the previous thing. One million yep. percent. And by the way, Guess who was a mentor for JT? Kobe Bryant. right? Because two years ago, people were saying, well, is he doing too much iso ball? He just came out of Kobe and all this detail work, right? But his game has constantly improved. And to sit there and say, yeah, we're comparing him to the likes of Ja Morant and, you know, and, and Luka. And he's like, I'm not, I'm not chasing Ja Morant and Luka Doncic. Like, I'm going after that. Up there, I'm watching that, and that drives me. It was really interesting key to me because it's like all of a sudden you see wait a minute 
LeBron just dropped 50, then six. Then Tatum drops 54. Then Jokic goes ham and 30 points in fourth quarter in overtime. It's like, is there a common thread? Yeah, these dudes are watching each other and trying to, 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 to be the one best up. they can be, one-up yeah. each other. Uh, absolutely. What, what, what you think? You think I wasn't checking out Marvin Harrison and Terry Glenn and Eric Moles trying to figure out, okay, they just did this, okay, they went for that, okay, I'm going I'm to step up my game. Of course, that's just part of it. That's really part of it. If 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 it was a one o'clock game and we had a and we had a four fifteen game, I knew what took place in that one o'clock game. And you, right, listen, in addition, Jay, what you're talking about with the skills, it doesn't mean that the next guy is going to be more effective than the last guy. But what it does mean is skills are just a means to an end. It means here's technique that you use, that you employ to achieve a result. Whether or not you actually achieve a better result than LeBron, it's hard to, right? But you're going to try to learn the technique and improve upon it. So whatever it is you got is going to come out as, as well as it can come out, right? And probably better than had you played 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. And Tatum is looking, at, looking to draw motivation and looking for the blueprint and seeing if he can make it better. Well, it's also interesting because he, he kind of gave everybody a lot of insight to who he is, right? Like he's not going to say a lot all the time. He's a little bit has more of a quiet demeanor. But trust me, that, that dude moves with a passion, with the energy where he wants to be the best all the time. It's just not as ferociously apparent as when you hear Kobe Bryant speak or other players speak in their game. He just attacks it differently. He reminds me offensively, and even out of college you heard this, but like, oh, is he kind of of like the way Carmelo could do so much in terms of his skill, like every part of scoring the ball, whether or not you want to say offense, but every part of scoring the ball, it's like, ooh, that looked good. Oh, that looked good. Even like early on in KD's career, what could you do? Try and deny him the ball maybe, right? But Carmelo had some physical strength. You brought it up. Tatum is adding physical strength in addition to all the different kind of moves and counters that he has. I mean, Key, you, you know this coming from college to, to the pros. Like, there is a level of physical adjustment yes, that needs absolutely. to be done. Like, I'm coming from coming down the lane, going like, I'll give you a hypothetical, and we didn't play against each other, but like a Tyler Hansbrough, right? Like, okay, like I'm 6'1", I have 6'2", like I have a 40-inch vertical. I can get over Tyler Hansbrough. I, I can finish him at the rim, right? I ain't doing that versus Shaq. I'm not doing that versus Tim Duncan, Yao Ming. I have to adjust my game. I'm going against Chauncey Billups who's 220 as a guard, I'm over here 195. Think about that physical strength. I had to learn how to play through. So that happens over time, and you're seeing that, obviously, with the physique of Jason Tatum now. Mm. Yeah. Key, you talk about comparing yourself to other dudes, and it and Jay, you talk about, like, you know, remember when he's coming out of details with Kobe, and is he playing too much iso ball? Even integrating what you're learning in the service of your overall team effectiveness is something, right? Guys have – it go, it's not like progress is linear. Every day is better than the next day. You go up and down as you're learning to integrate these new, new skills or new, new like weight on you or whatever it is. And it feels like Tatum and the Celtics are, have come out of that period over the last maybe year and a half. Well, think about this. Danny Ainge has – he's gone. No longer. Your head coach, Brad Stevens, then moves to the front office. You bring in Emi Udoka. Even navigating being in Boston, 
we love you, Jason Tatum. We don't love you. Jalen Brown's the one. Or do we keep them together? Do we split them apart? What are we doing? We're going to bring Al Horford. You know, like all these. See what you're doing now, though? Yeah. You're, you're feeding into Key right now. Because what's yes, the next thing out of his Yes, I was about to say, Max. I was about to say. Yes, see, they don't like you there, Tatum. You might as well. We love you. We have great sunshine here in L.A. So let me see. Tatum, Booker, and LaMelo. Who else we got going at the Lakers, Key? We'll take Y'all two of the three. Everybody. Give us Why? two of the three. How about all with, three? Two of the three with A.D. Two, oh, no, we're going to have to use A.D. To, to, to grab at least one of those dudes. I don't think one of them dudes is going to have to be. Yeah. Two of the three with A.D. Anywhere. Him go. People in Boston are like, y'all crazy. We ain't Celtics letting this dude go anywhere. He yeah. may be persuaded <laughs> to move into another location west. Yo, the truth is, when once you get doesn't out to what L.A. The Celtics, doesn't matter what the Celtics want to do. It's what he wants to do. Once you get out to L.A., you spend some real time there, you don't and he really got a, want to Hey, look, Jay. You don't want and he got a nice look to him. Look, nice wavy hair. <laughs> you know, he could be in the movies. Got marketing. some tats and stuff. Nice yeah. marketing billboards. Keyshawn, Jay, Will, and Max. We're back tomorrow. Greeny coming up right now. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, Jay, Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio.